You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Lions 24-7 podcast. I am Sean Fitz. That is not Tyler Donahue beside me. If you're viewing on our YouTube page at Lions 24-7, that's Brian Doan. He's here to join us. We got so many things to talk about. Tyler's a little bit busy being the, the new dad and everything. Doan volunteered to come in, talk about some some offensive line recruiting, among other things. Penn State on fire right now. We're coming out to you about an hour later than we wanted to because there is breaking news to, to share here. Penn State on the board in the transfer portal. Hunter Norzad, we've been talking about him since December. He's finally a Nittany Lion. Uh, there was a, it was a close one down the stretch. Illinois, Iowa, among the other schools that were were really, really in the mix for this. Um, but in the end, Penn State picking up an, an impact transfer in the offensive line from Hunter Norzad. Don, uh, I know you're not a Penn State uh, specialist, but I know that you've you've watched a little bit of Norzad. You you know what uh, kind of what he brings to the table. So let, let me get your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I think he's a guy that you can get in and, and kind of plug in right away. I mean, he's coming to start, right? Let, let's be honest about that. I mean, he's not coming out to be like, yeah, I'm going to provide nice depth. But yeah, he, he I, I think a couple of things that really jump out to me are, you know, A, he, he's powerful, he's strong. He's already a kid that has tons of college experience. And I get, you know, it's in the Ivy League and it's different when you're going to play in the Big Ten. But he's also an older kid, too. I mean, probably takes offense if I say kid, but they're all kids at my age. But, you know, you look at somebody like him who I, I think he has some position versatility, and it's kind of like where can you fit him in on the line of scrimmage? Um, and when you add a player like him, it also makes your offensive line room deeper. Um, for me, when Penn State's going after kids like this, it's because they see an immediate need that is not going to get filled to their liking from somebody on the roster. And that doesn't mean that player won't be ready in another year or maybe even November. So for me, it's a really big pickup for Penn State. And I know, you know, going against Illinois and Iowa, people are like, well, it should be a no-brainer. You pick Penn State because that's naturally what people think. But when you're dealing with these grad transfers, it is not about the name of the program and, and how much exposure you can get. It is where do I have the best chance to start and play at the highest level? And that's the most important thing. So I think it's a great pickup. It's kind of like a a nice little, I mean, we were talking about doing this podcast before he decided to announce. So it kind of makes it a little bit nicer. Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes it a little bit nicer. No wasted time uh, just in case. But, I mean, y- yeah, you've got Iowa, which tradition of offensive line, which is right. as good as any school in the Big Ten. And Illinois, Brett Bielema has put out a lineman at every stop along the way, especially that Wisconsin. I know they were really selling that Wisconsin angle hard. But, yeah, you're right. Grad transfers and, and transfers alike, very different. He's not looking for the best situation to win. He's not looking for the best academic program. He's not looking for um, certain things that these high school recruits that we cover on a daily basis are looking for. He's looking to go find the best spot for him, ex- you know, expand his uh, his vision for what he's looking to um, you know, just, just kind of be as an NFL prospect. This is a kid that had an NFL grade um, after this year at Cornell, decided he needed to 
take another step. He played tackle at that level, wanted to come in and play in the interior. So he had that grade. He wanted to improve upon that grade. And this is a this is an evaluation here, right? I mean, this is not a situation where this guy was a highly touted guy that you had a relationship with for you missed on or, you know, you're looking to uh, to, to sort of rejuvenate his career. This is a guy that seems to be on the up. Um, in, in terms of trajectory. And, and Penn State was one of those schools that offered first back in December. He entered the portal in late November. Penn State offered in December and stayed along the way. And, you know, you you had schools. Um, his, his final five was Auburn, Iowa, Illinois, uh, Virginia Tech, and Penn State. But Miami was also in there. Michigan State was also in there. Some, some schools that have produced some offensive linemen. So, this is a big win for Phil Troutwine, and I think we've said that a lot lately. And 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 they think that uh, Northside is going to come in, probably compete at right guard right away. And I, you also made a point about the guy that they're waiting for to be ready, or the guy that they would like to be ready. That could be Salim Wormley, who was hurt all season last year. Um, he, he was a guy that they pointed to as the guy that was ahead of their uh, their competition at guard. Uh, you don't know when he's going to come back to full strength, so you get another body in there, and he's he's and Norzad's coming in to try and start. You know, it's, yeah, and I agree with all that stuff that you said. And, and I look at Norzad, when when he went into the portal, I called a friend of mine who's an NFL scout who happens to, you know, do things in the Northeast. And I said, hey, have you seen this kid? And he said, yeah, you know, he was a little surprised that he was going to transfer because he thought that he would get picked in the back end of the draft. But listen, you know, I always speak highly of the Penn State degree and what it can do for you in the alumni network. He's got the Cornell degree, okay? He's going to have the Cornell degree. So this isn't let me go get a master's on top. I mean, it is. But it, this is, like you said, it is a strict football move. And, and in talking to uh, the NFL scout, he said that they think he can play tackle in the NFL, but he, he probably projects more as an interior guy in the NFL. And the feeling was it would help his draft status if he went, played on the interior of the offensive line and did well. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about back end of the draft compared to maybe third round of the draft, there's there's enough money there to take that risk and take that um, leap of faith. And, and then also it's a kid that obviously believes in his own ability and wants to show that, hey, I can be a dominant player in the Big Ten, which, look, it's one of – that and the SEC are the most physical dominant leagues. And when I speak to college coaches – um, just about, you know, football in general. They, they talk about the strengths of the Big Ten and SEC. That's where you get a, a ton of the offensive linemen who can wind up playing in the NFL. Well, if you think about it, he makes that leap from late rounds to third round. He'd have enough money to like afford that grand piano that you have sitting behind you. Say, say he, he'd be able to. He'd be able to uh, afford this bed and breakfast that I'm pretending to stay in. <laughs> Don't uh, for those of you not on our YouTube channel, just figured out the background situation on Streamyard. So good, big, really big day for him. It, it, it is. And I mean, it, I was I was under the gun because, like I said, I had to freshen up before doing this. So imagine what I looked like before if this is freshened up. But listen, I in no way can take credit for any kind of step forward with technology. So uh, we'll, we'll give it to our producer, Lance, on this one. And I think he if you could explain something to a two year old on how to change the background, that's how he had to tell me how to change the background. Yeah, my five-year-old definitely could handle that. But anyway, so some things Penn State fans are going to deal with in this commitment is um, you you had Eric Wilson last year from Harvard, Ivy League guy, Ivy League guy coming in, 
essentially probably going to start at guard, you know, probably going to have to be that veteran presence and everything like that. Uh, from what you've seen, and I, I have my own opinion on this, but from what you've seen, where are they at as prospects compared to one another? And, you know, it's probably unfair to Wilson because he didn't get to play in 2020 due to, due to COVID. But um, how much more should Penn State fans, you think, is, expect from Norzad? Well, I, I think with Norzad, you, you just expect him to come in and start because you, you already have that body of work from watching the fall and it's fresh and it's not as much a projection as maybe Eric Wilson was. Um, and then when you put their tape side by side, I, I just think that Norzad's further along. Um, and, and, you know, Eric Wilson was coming to try to get into the rotation and maybe get to the NFL where Hunter is coming there to increase his draft stock. So, and, and, you know, with that, um, you know, we always talk about how things relate in recruiting. This is a huge moment for offensive line coach Phil Troutwine, who's had a, an unbelievable week in terms of getting kids. But, you know, think about this. If you're, if you're the offensive line coach and you're going to go out and recruit maybe after the season or, or you know, in a year and a half and you're going to a grad student you say hey listen come here because this kid was going to be a sixth or seventh round pick and he played with us and now he's a third round pick that's that is tangible and it is able to be turned around very quickly so i I think you know my expectation is that hunter will come in and and i would expect him to start um and if he has a good year this could really mean a lot for penn state moving forward in terms of being able to plug holes like this in the future just under 6'4", 313 is the latest weight that we have. Um, his coach, is Sean Cascarano, was uh, the offensive line coach at Cornell. He was a graduate assistant here. Uh, said he verti- uh, that, that Hunter vertically jumped 30.5 inches, 33.5-inch arms, which means he does not have the T-Rex arms that we look for, uh, look at for the interior prospects. So, yeah, just a, a little bit different prospect. There you go. A little bit different prospect uh, than Eric Wilson brought to the table. Eric Wilson, serviceable at guard, but I think Norzad, you could take a step forward with that offensive line. Speaking of taking a step forward, big time for, for Phil Trotwine. I mean, that guy's on fire right now. I mean, he's, he's absolutely just, just racking it up. It took a little bit longer than we expected to. Um, but, but he made another big move over the weekend, Saturday at noon, Javen Williams from Wyoming, Pennsylvania, four-star guy, top 100 guy by 24 seven sports committed to Penn state surprised the staff. I tell you what, everybody I talked to on Saturday was this kid called him up out of the blue. Um, now they, they've been recruiting him obviously for, for a long time, called him up out of the blue, wanted to FaceTime at 10 30 on Saturday. They said, sure. He committed. They, didn't have anything prepared, didn't have a graphic, didn't have anything. So took a little while for that one to, to come out. Um, it also caught me off guard as I had the Javen Williams crystal ball um, article typed up on my laptop that was supposed to go up on Saturday morning, decided to coach my son's basketball team instead. So not bitter about that at all. Uh, but this one, a big pickup for Penn State. Don't I know you're a big fan? Well, first of all, um, I, I bet your kid was probably like, geez, I wish you would have put in that crystal ball pick and then somebody else could have coached us. I'm sure there was some aspect of that. When, when his dad, it, when his dad was not too happy after the fact, then he, that he probably would have, he would probably would have been happy with that. Yeah. Dad, I didn't think I played that poorly. Why are you so mad? Um, but anyway, listen, I talked to Javen and, and I said, it, it it was surprising, but it wasn't. I mean, we all thought he would wind up there, and I'm as guilty right. as anybody is not putting in a pick because we didn't see it happening so quickly. But he told me, you know, and I, and I wrote about it for Lions 247, that he was 
finished his workout, and he was sitting there talking to his O-line coach, talking to Ross Tucker, who I'm sure everybody knows who's a Penn State fan who, who lives in the Reading area and, and former offensive lineman, I think, at Princeton and then the NFL. Teammate of um, Andy Frank as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and did, you know, does a NFL radio who's – I find it wildly entertaining, but I'm another, that's another subject. But he said they were sitting there talking, and Jim was like, look, I, I want to go there. I, I know they're filling up. Um, they have everything I want. It's close for my family. And his coach and Ross, like, well, well, why don't you just commit? And so that's what he decided to do. Um, which is a fun little backstory because usually these things are, you know, I, I got to go shoot the video and I'm going to put it up in four and a half weeks and then I'm going to do it at six and let's wait till six eleven to do it anyway. Um, but and then Fitz, I, I spoke with you Monday morning. And after really, I mean, obviously we like Javon Williams a lot where we have him ranked, I think, number 68 in the country in 24-7 sports rankings. But I watched it, and I forgot how good he was from when we did that ranking because he's long, he's athletic, um, he moves well laterally, he can bend it to hips, he, you know, he just explodes right into the defender and run blocking. And what I really, you know, I've watched a lot of tape on a 23 class in the last month as we try to get those rankings up to date and, and make some changes in them. And one thing I've learned from the offensive linemen in the 23 classes, there are not a ton of them who can pass block and look to have, you know, where they've really worked on and, and, and are pretty far along in technique. But Javen Williams is one of them. He's got a nice little kick step. He's patient. He sits back. Initial punch. He's, he's I'm not going to say he should be higher than 68, but if somebody came to me and said, hey, he, he should be higher than 68, you, you you have a great case for it. He, he's a lot better than I remember just from watching his tape in November, December. Yeah, he's got athleticism. He's he's also not terribly experienced, and I mean that in a good way. I, he didn't play much right. uh, due to due to COVID and things like that. But he's he's that guy that's probably you know a shade over six four, about two ninety. He's got uh, sort of tackle length. He's a swing guy for Penn State, so I wouldn't be shocked to see you know if they continue to to, to go on this pace that they're going to see him end up at guard because I think that's probably his best position. Although he definitely could play tackle. Um, he and Anthony Donka, the the, the recent commit, uh, sort of similar body type. Although Donk is a little bit heavier, um, but yeah, he's 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 a guy that uh, has got some athletic numbers when it comes to track and field. Um, you know, he's he can move around, can show that athleticism on tape, and and really, what I'm looking at here and uh, kind of getting away from Williams to the whole class, um, you know, in general is it's it's a bigger class in terms of length, in terms of um, you know the, your your shortest guy is probably is probably Williams right right there at six four. Big guys in, in Alex Birchmeyer, who I don't think we, we realize how big he is. He's about six, five and a half, six, six, he, and he's he still massive. Yeah. Because I've been and, I've been I've been in person with him and he, he is massive. And he's the guard prospect. I mean, he's a guy that, that that's coming into play in the interior. So I know you yeah. say he could play tackle, but you know, that's that's kind of where they're at. But, and let's let's just say this. They're not signing six two guards, and that's no you know, it, and I think you bring up some really good points, and because of my impatience, I just have to jump in. There's yep. <laughs> um, a charm, is what we call it. <laughs> it is what we call it. But like Birchmeyer, you know, he wants to be listed as a guard. Uh, and originally, he was listed as a tackle. We view him as a guard. He views himself as a guard. Takes a lot of pride in being the number one guard in the country, and that's a mentality, right? To play guard versus playing tackle. And I agree that Williams could move inside, but I, I think. Maybe he does that in the NFL if he gets there. He plays right tackle at why I'm missing. 
And I could see him playing left tackle. I mean, he's 6'4". It's not like he's 6'1". He has length. You know, Anthony Donka has length. You know, I, I think a lot of times, um, and it's and it's the measurement that's much more easily and readily available, is the height. But what you're really looking for is the length. That's what you want in the offensive lineman. And so when I look at Javon Williams, I, I think he could play – Four of the five spots. I, I'm not saying he can't play center because he's a really smart kid as well. He, he's a great. He's the kind of kid fits that if you had him on a podcast in the future, fans would love him because he's just so much fun to talk to. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll try and get him on here at some point. But yeah, that, what I'm saying is, it, it's it's more of a proper O line class. It's not uh, you're not really going for the six one kid at center and the six three kids at guard. I mean, you've got size across the board. You've got length across the board. Um, and athleticism for some of these guys as well. So it's it, it's really encouraging to see them take that step in the right direction. And then, of course, you got Cooper Cousins committed for 24. So what I'm kind of speaking to existence here is, you know, you got Cooper Cousins, who's 6'5", 6'5", plus, potentially going to be a center. And so you're you're looking at getting that that interior as tall and as big as possible. And then, you know, building out from the tackles, we saw them take Malik McNeil, who's about six, eight last year. So, I mean, you, you've just got a bigger product out there and hopefully they can block. I mean, that's a, you know, that that's one of those small details that we kind of overlook at times. Um, but it, it <laughs> but I, I know this from watching these kids on film, the four that we just mentioned at the high school level, they can block. Yeah, they can block. And, and even Josh Miller that, that I went into the tape like not expecting all that much, you know, I'm not sure, you know, cause he's a massive kid. He's six, four. He, and yeah. he, he probably weighs more than any of them. 320, 325, something like that, but he moves pretty well as well. So, I mean, you, you've got a different combination. And after what we've seen on the offensive line in the last couple of years where they've, you know, they've reached here and there and haven't had success. And some of those guys are no, you know, didn't spend very much time in the, or didn't spend very much time in the program at all. Now you seem to be in some sort of direction where you're, you're heading, toward and i don't want to compare them to an ohio state or a michigan line or like that but penn state's line seems to be taking baby steps in that direction and again there's development left you got to block you got to do a lot of things and and figure out stunts and all that kind of stuff but from a body type standpoint from an athleticism type standpoint this thing seems to be taking a, a little bit of a different trajectory yeah it's almost like when they were able to get kids back on campus it helped with their recruiting i mean i'm not going to say that it, it's that but i mean when we look at these kids here, and, you, and you're talking about the four of them, even Josh Miller, who I, I visited with at his school, he, he's got length. Um, this is when Phil Troutwine came to Penn State from Boston College. This is the type of offensive lineman I was told he liked to recruit because I, I know Josh will reshape his body a little bit. But if you're talking about the other three and then you're talking about Cooper Cousins, these are guys that you don't have to strip them down and then build them back up again to where they have to lose 30 pounds, get in shape, and then you build it back up. These are guys that you you have them, and you can just build on what their physique is. Now, Alex Birchmeyer, I mean, listen, you don't really have to build much with him. You just kind of have to not screw him up, right? But it's the body type still. I mean, you mentioned about how big, and, you know, he's got some thickness to him, but he is not, you know, I mean, he's not overweight. I mean, he, he he's – he he's got to keep fantastic. his weight down for wrestling. I mean, he's 280 pounds right now because he's got to stay under 285. So that's, you know, certainly yeah. I think that's a positive for him. No, it is. And and for me, you know, his brother wrestles at Navy. So, you know, and, and 
there's a lot of family members. I think I wrote a new eval on him where he's got family members that play the uncle, dad, all play college stuff. Cousin played at Vandy. Um, so he understands what it takes to be a D1, you know, player, D1 offensive lineman. I don't – listen, that kid is worried about being the number one offensive guard in the country. Um, and it's not just rhetoric where, hey, I'm the best. I mean, it's not like he blows you up all the time asking, but it's, it's, a, it's a quietly stated goal. When your goal is to be the best in the country and you're in high school – you really you don't usually have to worry about his work rate and his work ethic yeah yeah and as we said very productive wrestler i believe he won a sectional or a district title this weekend as well so um a lot yeah, and i think he there. won state title didn't he win state title last year and as a freshman came like third or fourth yep he's pretty good at that that whole wrestling thing which uh you know, you know heard- i'm sh- i cannot wait for the thread on this to turn into hey do you think james will let birchmeyer wrestle at penn state Oh, it's coming. You know it's coming. Um, I, but, uh, hey, Lions247, do not disappoint me. Make sure that gets in this thread. Then I'll know you listen this far. Doan, do you think he can beat Ohio, or help Penn State beat Ohio State in wrestling? That's going to be the question. In um, wrestling. <laughs> but also with Birchmeyer, no drama whatsoever. I mean, this is this is a kid. He's he's been a leader of the class. I mean, you look at the other schools that he was, you know, Notre Dame, Penn State, uh, a couple other schools in there. But this was an early commitment for Penn State. It's it's stuck. Um, it does not seem to be have any any threat of wavering at this point. So I was with him November of 2020, right? Right. Uh, at a camp down in Virginia Beach, and I was talking to a bunch of people. And at that point, I was told, hey, this kid's going to wind up going to Penn State. He just has to get to another school or two. But the location's perfect, you know, because he's big. You know, that way the family can get up and see him, which is very important to him. He can play at a really high level, loves a degree. Like I said, his brother goes to the Naval Academy. So, you know, it's a quality family. Um, And so there wasn't any drama, but it was just kind of like, well, when's he going to do it kind of deal. That was the only drama was when is it actually going to happen? We'll be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Absolutely. And that's, uh, we'll take all that, all of those that we can get. Um, we like the long drawn out ones sometimes for page views, but now nah, we, we'd rather have the cut and dry ones uh, coming up. Speaking of which, what's interesting to me and, and watching the last couple of cycles, of course, a, a fragmented cycle for Troutwine when he got here, then COVID year, things like that. So now all of a sudden you can get guys on campus. 
these aren't the only targets. There's still guys out there that they're going after, which is really what they haven't found in the last couple of years where they would center in on three or four guys. And then, you know, all of a sudden uh, find themselves in a, in a spot where they have to scramble. Now they admittedly, they did a really good job with Vega Ione and uh, on signing day this year, scrambling to get him after losing Andre Roy. But just looking at what the, is out there, you still got Evan Link at Gonzaga, who we think uh, an awful lot about. Samson yeah. Okunlola, who is a very quiet kid, but a quiet five-star who just visited in January. Chase Basantis in Jersey. Luke Montgomery who's probably going to end up at Ohio State. Um, but uh, there's a lot of na names that are still out there for Penn State. you got four in the boat. So is this a class that stretches to six? I, I could legitimately see that, yeah. given what's on the roster. Yeah. yeah, without question. And listen, with with the transfer portal, you always have to kind of, you know, you, you can go find certain positions in the portal, especially when you're Penn State. But if you can get those offensive linemen and develop them, I mean, it's much better to do it that way than, than have to sweat out whether some kid from Cornell is going to pick Illinois, Iowa, or Penn State, right? There's a there, You can control a lot more. But I also think when you look at this class, Penn State has benefited from the location of these kids. I mean, you know, it, it's not like they're coming from across the country. It just so happens that there's some really good players in what I would consider the radius of where Penn State should recruit and land kids from. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, you know, I know Javen Williams put out a top seven, and it's like, listen, if they're losing Javen Williams to another school, then there's other issues. Um, you know, you look at Anthony Donka, who Penn State – did an awesome job of getting on early. You got to remember there was COVID. He played at John Champ down in Virginia as a freshman. This is a new school and it's really easy to not pay attention that he's there. So Penn State did an awesome job with locating him, evaluating him, getting on him early. I mean, it was fantastic from that standpoint. So for me, and Birchmeyer again is is Ashburn Broad Run, which Ashburn I think fits. You may know this better than me. It may be where the Washington Com Commanders. What Commander. are they? What are we? Commander. The Commanders. Commander. Boy, your body language changes. It's almost like I mentioned QPR when I mentioned them. But I mean, he, again, he's right in that wheelhouse of where they should get him. And and you know, so you talk about Chase Basantes at Don Bosco. Um, I, I think. It'll be a tough get for them. Samuel yeah. Okinlola from Thayer Academy up in Massachusetts. Um, you know, he's going to have a ton of suitors, but they're in it. He, he visited and they're in it. Um, and and, and so as I, strange as his brother's recruitment was, this one could go any which way. I mean, you, you didn't yeah, see. His, yeah, yeah, go ahead. His brother's was strange because he didn't go out and camp. He didn't get to a lot of places. He got a lot of offers. And then you're wondering, well, who which schools offered – to get in with his brother, like like his brother Samuel, who's who signed with Pitt, took an official visit to Georgia, and then as soon as the official visit was over, there wasn't much contact with Georgia anymore. Oh, by the way, you know his his brother Sam. Crazy how that happened. Twenty three stud um, <laughs> happened to go on a visit with him, which hey, you know if that's what you want to do, that's great. Um, and it gave him a look at Georgia, so now he's familiar with that program. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if you told me Samson was going to Pitt. I'd be like, okay. If you told me Penn State, okay. Georgia, okay. I mean, anywhere. Yeah, you're. you're that's going to be. He's going to wind up. Who knows where? Right. No, I agree with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the difference between, you know, say two cycles ago, we were talking about 
how great the area was with Tristan Lee and with Nolan Rucci and Landon Tangwall and Wyatt Millam. And then Penn State goes one for four on that group. And there's really no yeah. other, not, not many other options. So that's what's uh, that's what's different, I think, about this cycle is that you've already got guys in the boat, really, really good prospects in the boat. Um, and then you'll go and try and finish on some of those big guys. And, and again, uh, I don't think we can s- sleep on Evan Link. I think he's a tremendous prospect down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I should have brought him up too. That that's that's a Penn State wheelhouse with Gonzaga, to be honest. I I mean, if that kid doesn't part. you know stay local, <laughs> say that again. For the most part, there was a quarterback yeah. there at one point. Anyway, well, I mean, you know, this recruitment will probably be a little more you know laid back, shall we say? Um, but listen, if Penn State loses Evan Link to Stanford, so be it. Right, you can never fault Stanford. Right. But I mean, I, I think Penn State's in as good a position as anybody. Yeah, and 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 really, where Penn State's at over the last two years with their on-field record versus their recruiting record, it's unbelievable to think about how that uh, how that has come together. Penn State, the number three class in the twenty twenty-four uh, the twenty-four-seven sports twenty-twenty-three rankings, which is going to trip me up more than once during this cycle. Um, but uh, there, there could be more on the way. I put in a couple crystal balls, or just one crystal ball so far this weekend. There's more coming. Uh, but Tamir Robinson, trying to get him in. <laughs> Well, that's the thing with Javen Williams. I got spooked because I was I was waiting to, to put that thing in, and all of a sudden he's committed. Now I don't think any of these guys are are ready to commit right now, but I could also be very wrong on that because I was very wrong on Javen Williams, uh, given where he stand or where he stood on Friday last week, and given where he stood on Sunday this week, because it's a uh, big difference there. Agreed. But here's what's working in your favor. I also was wrong with Javen Williams on when he was going to announce. And I'm usually only wrong once a year. That's what my wife says. I'm so I got it out of the way early, so I think we're okay. Oh man, thank thank goodness. Um, Tamir Robinson, I put one in for this weekend. Um, this is kind of a situation where I, I don't think he's ready to decide. I think this is one that can stretch into the spring. He could take more visits. He's actually taken a decent amount of visits so yeah. far, but curious to see if he stretches to April, takes official visits, maybe a blue white game visit or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a situation that I think Penn state's in, in the lead for kind of the elephant in the room is that knee and, you know, how does that impact his projection and where he stands and things like that. So, but not so much from a Penn state perspective, Penn state's going to pursue him regardless right. and pursue him hard regardless. James Franklin was just out there. Terry Smith's a regular at the school, got to meet Manny Diaz on a, on a, on a visit. And when writing up this crystal ball, I'm writing out this kid's visits and it's first weekend after the dead period, lash bash whiteout uh you know coming to another game and then uh taking that first weekend in uh january and taking a penn state visit there's a lot of boxes checked from the visit standpoint for tamir robinson and penn state yeah it it is and and i think you're on the money with that i mean i think that's going to be one that eventually a lot of people crystal ball um, or at least people that actually pay attention to western pa recruiting i think it's just a matter of time before i put one in the the whole thing with the knee injury, I don't worry about things like that anymore because this isn't like when I was a kid and you get hurt and you wonder if you can ever walk. You know, these guys come back stronger with their knees, you know, than, than they did before they were injured. It just takes a little bit of time. He's young. He's got great size. He can be, a, you know, a, to me, he's an ideal edge for Penn State and what they do. Well, I'm guessing what Manny Diaz, I'm guessing, will be very similar to what Brent Pry did just from the standpoint of I don't see James Franklin saying, hey, we need to overhaul the defense, change everything. So I think there's that. But, you know, I, I think you hit it when you talk about Tamir. It's 
always like, hey, yes, I'm going to Penn State this weekend. He's quick to get back to you. He's eager to always talk about his visits. I mean, it's everything that usually leads up to a commitment, and I don't know when that'll be. Maybe it's a midfield handshake or hug with James Franklin at the spring game, which um, I think sometimes those may be a little staged or predetermined. You just call your shot? <laughs> well, I, your board thinks I did, so I guess that's the important thing. Check another um, one of those boxes, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait for uh, two days before we'll do it. a card here going. Yeah. yeah. But for me, um, it, it would be – I'd be stunned if he wound up somewhere else. Gotcha. Uh, Penn State recruiting him as a linebacker. I know we have him listed as an edge. He started as a safety yeah. prospect but kind of grew out of that. Um, so yeah, He's a big kid. I was with him over the he's summer. A he's, a, he's a big kid. And to be honest, I mean, edge, defensive line, I mean, just depends what we want to call him sometimes, I think. We got a, a, another linebacker here, Tony Rojas. Steve Williams put in a crystal ball. I know you're you're ready to sing the Danny Rojas uh, Ted Lasso song, but uh, yeah, Ted, <laughs> Steve put in a crystal ball. I think there will be a couple crystal balls in Penn State's favor. I said on our board after the the visits last weekend when he was up that Penn State's in a really good spot right here, and and I can see you know this is one that they eventually close on. Probably more that Sam outside linebacker uh, came to camp last year, ran a, ran in the four fours for Penn State. Uh, really, really athletic kid, two-way player, a lot to like there with Tony Rojas. And, you know, Tamir Robinson, Tony Rojas, you know, that's the, that would be a really, really good start on the defensive side of the ball for Penn State. Yeah, it's funny because Rojas also plays basketball, and uh, he, he can dunk just like I pretend that I used to be able to. And he can go. get up there and he get up there and throw it down. So you see the athleticism there. He dominates on the field at, at Fairfax High. Um you know, he, he's got to add a lot to his frame still. I want I just want to make sure that he is capable of playing at 220 to 230, make sure he has, you know, he's not too narrow. Um, I, I was with him at his school, and I thought that there was a lot of room for growth within his frame, but he also, it's going to take a little bit of time in the weight room. He's going to have to dedicate himself there. The flip side is it's really tough to put on that weight when you're running up and down the basketball court all the time. Um, so that's going to take some time. And yeah, I mean, again, it's a wheelhouse kind of thing with Penn state with his location, Fairfax, a few hours from campus. Uh, he, he got out and made some visits in January, which is important. I know he does like Virginia tech a lot. He likes North Carolina a lot. But it's like really Brian. hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's really hard, though, to go against Penn State for a kid from that area that they really want. I mean, especially if you look at the if you look at the Virginia rankings right now, Penn State all over that that those Virginia rankings. And it's kind of crazy when you think about Brent Pride taking over. And I think we talked about this with Tyler last time. It's it, it's striking to see. And I think Penn State's not done there either. So um, that's that's pretty crazy to think about. Also, Steve Wilfong put in a Kenny Johnson crystal ball. I know yours has been in for a while. Um, kid from right. uh, the wide receiver from Dallas Town um, that Penn State recently had up on a visit as well. So I mean, there's bodies out there. There's a lot of guys. I mean, I was putting together the the latest big board, which will hopefully go up at some point this week. I'll probably make six or seven changes to it today and maybe a dozen more tomorrow. Who knows how that's going to play out? 
Um, but there's there's a lot of targets out there for Penn State. You look at uh, different positions like safety. I mean, a guy like Cam Selden, who we really haven't even talked about very much, uh, yeah. still out there um, for Penn State from from uh, Heathville, Virginia, which is which is kind of out there. But uh, yeah, there's there's still a lot. It, it, to, uh, it, listen, man, it is not. I've been to that school. It is not kind of out there. It is way way out there. Like people from Virginia don't even know that place exists. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. Penn State just offered, I think, a, a linebacker at his rival school as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, things seem to be going. Uh, you know, we talked about the record and turning it around and making the offseason not the high point of your year, but, you know, excelling in the offseason. And things seem to be turning around for Penn State. Uh, is there anything that you're watching uh, before we close out here? Is there anything that you're watching from a Penn State point of view? Anybody that jumps out uh, from a name perspective or anything like that? Well, there's two things that I, I'm really curious on. Um, Nicholas Harbor, the tight end linebacker, future gold medalist in the Olympic sprinter, whatever we want to call him. You know, does he play football? Does he decide, hey, I'm going to go run track professionally? Or does he go play football? Um, Penn State is in a very good spot with him, as are a couple other places. Um, you know, that Lincoln Riley went to USC probably works more against Penn State than if he stayed at Oklahoma because of USC's track program. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder to see if he does decide on football and the split time with track, how heavy the SEC goes after him and how heavy the NIL stuff is with him, if the SEC really gets involved with stuff like that, as with USC. Um, so I, I'm really curious to see what happens with Nicholas Harbor. Did and you just say thing, if the SEC gets involved with NIL? <laughs> or did I hear that wrong? <laughs> no, no. If, if it's a big if, it's a big it's if. A, it's about how hard their staffs work. I don't know if you saw the interview with Josh Payton and Jimbo last <laughs> week. It's it's all about the staffs working hard. Well, I mean, I'm sure that the NIL, NILs had nothing to do with anything for any program. Um, you know, knowing knowing that you know, I, I'll say this about that. Before, I always go on tangents, but I read where a quarterback. And I can't remember which quarterback said something. He's like, I'm not really that stressed about NILs. And he's a really highly rated quarterback. He said, because I may go to college and make 50000 on an NIL, but my goal is to get to the NFL. So in four years, if I can make $40 million ahead of $50,000, i will bet on myself. So I, I thought that was intriguing. But the other thing I'm, I'm looking at, Fitz, is what, what does Penn State do with the quarterback in the 23 class? I'm, I'm really curious to see how that develops. Do they, do they decide, okay, we're going to move on somebody because guys are coming off the board and really push hard? Or do they kind of fan out all over the place and, and watch kids throw throughout the spring? Because you have Sean Clifford coming back. You have Drew Alar who's coming in. I don't want to sell Bo Prabula short either. But when Drew Alar is coming in as a number three prospect in the 22 class, every quarterback Penn State tries to recruit, obviously every other school is going to be like, wait, you're going to go sit behind him for three years? Mm -hmm. And so – now, on the flip side, people say, well, look what Ohio State was able to do or look what Bama has done in the past or, or Trevor Lawrence with DJ at Clemson. And I think it's really important for Penn State to go get a really good quarterback in this class, but it's not going to be easy. No, it's definitely not going to be easy. And and those other schools kind of had a track record of, of getting things going before that happened. So, you know, if Drew pans out the way that we've projected him to, um, and that, you know, obviously a very big if, then maybe in a couple of years, Penn State can find themselves in that situation. Right. It, it's tough because you've got Dante Moore very high on your board, the kid from Detroit. Right. Um, Penn State's been after him for a couple of years now. It's going to be tough. I mean, there's, there's no way around it saying that uh, you're going to sign the number – 
you know, the number one quarterback one year, then a five year or five star quarterback the next year. It, it, it would, I don't want to say it's impossible, um, but it, it would be very tough to do that. So they've turned around. They offered JJ Cole, as we talked about last time, uh, Marcus Stokes from Florida. And that's, yeah. that's the intriguing one to me is Stokes. Um, because that that's his best offer right now. Mike Yersich went down to see him throw at Nice and, uh, you know, really liked what he saw. He came up for a visit. So a lot of those things kind of checking those boxes. Now, the next step is to see where his recruitment goes, because all of a sudden you've got a Penn State offer. We've seen how that helps other schools with their evaluations and things like that. <laughs> and now you're a quarterback from Florida. We'll see what happens there. So right. that's the intriguing part to me. I think you're absolutely right on that second point. Yeah, and and you know you mentioned about schools offering once Penn State offers. You mean schools piggyback sometimes and just throw out offers? I'm, I'm yeah, it's just a working theory I have. I've seen it once or twice. I'm, I'm shocked, but but no, the thing for me is if you're Penn State, and yeah, I mean you see what happened to Ohio State where yeah they they stockpiled kids and then you know you also lost some kids. Right. But if you're Penn State, I, I feel exactly what you said. You have to go in. And maybe you get some kid who's maybe a little bit under the radar. Maybe, you know, you're not going to get that really high-level elite kid, but you're looking for that kid who can develop. He has that – whatever he has, he does something extraordinary, whether it's arm strength, whether it's processing information, quick really something extraordinary that then you can then build around and that he's content sitting there for two years waiting. I think that's the quarterback you want in this class. And I think if I'm – if I'm a Penn State fan, I'm going to be really careful about judging if they take a quarterback, which I would think they would, even though they took two in the last class. I'm going to be really careful judging if he's not ranked where I, as a fan, I would want him ranked because, you know, we're Penn State kind of deal. I would be really careful. And I would look deeper into it and say, like, what does he do that's extraordinary that Penn State can really build on and develop him for, you know, when all these offensive linemen we talked about will be ready to play in 2025. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, but I mean, that's the thing you you've got one quarterback, one ball to go around, but th those other guys can still elevate that, that one quarterback or that room. And that's the thing that you're looking for, for, for a yeah. guy like that. And, and that's why you don't even, you don't even want to sell like a Christian Veyu short is, is because he's no. got some traits. I mean, he's got some really good traits and yes. all of a sudden, you know, if, if, if Drew's not ready or something like that, or Clifford goes down now, number one, you're in a much better spot as a room overall than you were a year ago, but you, you kind of are okay with, with taking that risk. Without quite, listen, I, we go back, you know, I, I hear you mention a few times on this about Penn state's record the last two years and I get it right now to me, record doesn't matter unless the coach is in trouble, right? That's when it matters. And James Franklin's not in trouble with his 10 year deal that he just got. But how different is our conversation if Sean Clifford didn't get hurt? And he, he did get hurt. So we can't I, I don't play the if game. But what it shows you is you can't have one good quarterback. You need to have somebody who can at least go win you a game or two against average opponents moving forward. And I think Penn State now has that between Clifford, you know, Drew Allar, you would expect him to at least be able to to get you through a game or two next season and if not you know christian Valu can come in and, and hopefully he has some experience to where he can do some good things for you so I, I think penn state's quarterback room is much healthier than it was last year just from a talent standpoint don't on the spot you got the same scenario you had at iowa last year you've got those three young quarterbacks in the room who are you picking to go in there Oh, man. I mean, I need to know how Drew Allar does in, in the spring, but everything I know, I'm going with Drew Allar. I mean, I'll tell you what, the, the one thing that's important is, it, it, you know, it, Taquan Roberson was not the answer. 
It was interesting because you look back at that game and Mike Yersich let him th- did let him throw the ball. He just didn't get the ball where he needed to go. I think Drew could do that, and I, that's why I got the same answer as you. But just a just a hypothetical. I was just uh, it's obviously not. Uh, we know not how much I love hypotheticals. I, I know you, it was getting to the punchline. I appreciate you, you oh, stepping sorry. on me for that one. So, um, but yeah, if you sorry. if you ever been on the board at Lions twenty four seven, done a chat with Brian Doan, which I, I if you can grace us with a chat in the future, that would be wonderful. <laughs> um, but uh, he he's a tremendous tremendous contributor uh, to to us at Lions twenty four seven. Doan, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, for us here thank you for coming on it's always a pleasure go enjoy your player piano or your fireplace or whatever you're going to do in that in that background that you've got um but for lance glenn i'm sean fitz for brian dome this is the lions 24 7 podcast be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts, and leave that question there we will get back into some more mailbag this off season and, and in the next episode we might double up with tyler but uh thank you for joining us on the lions 24 7 podcast we'll see you later this week paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen this earth week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on paramount plus paramount plus official streaming partner of the national park foundation